You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Philippians 4, and notice verse number 8. Paul says to the church at Philippi, Finally, brethren, Finally, saints. Finally, church. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of Good report. If there is any virtue or any strength. And if there is anything praiseworthy. Meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received. And heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Notice Paul said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are respectful, Whatever things are just. See, I don't want to meditate on what's unjust. Whatever things are pure. I have to be careful because I don't want to meditate on things that are unholy. I don't want to focus my mind on what is unclean. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pleasant. And it's not good to to meditate on things that are unpleasant. It's not good for you. It's not good for you to focus all of your mental capability on something that you know is unpleasant. Why am I going to meditate on something or somebody that makes me unhappy or causes me to be sad. Why would I do that? Unless I'm in love with being sad. Other than that, I'm not going to focus on anything that is unpleasant. When when you know that you're thinking on something and it starts to get you down, and you don't do anything to to, 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 to make an adjustment, And you just keep feeling worse and worse. You may not like this. But at the end of the day, if you end up depressed, you deserve to be. That thing started working on you early that morning. Listen, and you continue thinking about it throughout the day. 
You took it to work with you. You got home and ate supper with it. You watched TV with it. Said your nightly prayer with it. Then laid down with it. Come on. And then wonder, I feel heavy. I know you do. I know you do. Come on. Whatever things are of a good report. See, see, I, I gotta meditate. And the word meditate just has to do with focused thoughts. And see, there's a reason, and some of you may not like this about me. There's a reason I don't watch news 24-7. Cause see, most of it is not a good report. What do you got against Fox? The same thing I got against ABC. CNBC, come on, all of them. Because if you are a person who watches the news all the time, you just got to have it. You are not focusing on things that are praiseworthy. Well, pastor, we need to stay informed. That's when God gave us the Bible. You trying to make the news replace the Bible. I would rather be more informed. I'm going to get to the subject. From a biblical standpoint. Than from what the news folks is talking about. Because a lot of times we don't even know if what they're saying is true or not. Come on. And then sometimes they just all of them want to get a certain thing in your spirit. And really, when they give you the news, it is for controlling your mind. They wanted you to think a certain way. Their words are given to them. Man, I'm already, I'm already, I didn't, I wasn't planning on going here. When, when you see the news anchors, they got these pieces in their ears. They're not just up there just, just winging it. But somebody is giving them what to say. Why? Because we want to control people who are listening to us. Yeah, that's true. When 9-11 happened, most people who just continued looking at that, man, you, I mean, either you got just severely depressed or you got real angry. And see, really what they wanted was for folk to get angry. We need, we need America upset. So we can go get the enemy. But we don't know who the enemy is. We don't know who did this. Don't worry about that. We need y'all good and mad. So when it's time to go to war, you ain't going to buck. Uh-oh. Got myself in trouble then with somebody. <laughs> Pastor, we should have went to war. That's your opinion now. If there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, notice what Paul says again. Meditate on these things. Now we know the Philippian church when we read it. One of the themes of the Philippian church is joy. Paul continues to talk to this church about joy. About rejoicing. It's said over and over again. But they're also a church who's going through things. 
And anytime you're going through stuff, but you're going to be purposed to rejoice any way or anyhow, you can only do it by making sure you're thinking on the right things. You got to make sure you're meditating on the right things. Now, again, when you're going through stuff, in order to focus on the right thing, then you have to elevate your mind. You have to elevate your mind. And so what Paul wants from the Philippian church is just that. He wants them to elevate their mind. Amen. And so he's telling them or teaching them what to think on. And if they're obedient to Paul and they focus on the things that he mentions, then their mind is going to be elevated even though they're going through trials. Amen. And so this morning's subject is, again, elevate your mind. Elevate your mind. And this is part two. Elevate your mind. Amen. Let's give God a praise for for our subject this morning, if you don't mind. Come on, let's give him a, a bigger hand of praise for, for our subject. Elevate, elevate your mind. Remember I told y'all I even been singing it song a little bit. How And the praise team came back today. Elevate your mind. Let's go higher. How many want to go higher? How many want to go higher in the Lord, in the things of the Lord? Good, good. So we don't, we shouldn't fight elevating our mind. Now, when it comes to Paul, Paul has an awesome assignment because his assignment is to tell people or teach people how to think. He has an awesome assignment because he has to tell folks. Or he has to teach God's people how to think. One thing we can never do is just take it for granted because we are saved, because we are Holy Ghost filled, that I know how to think. That may not be the case. And so God himself knows when it comes to his people that he has to teach us how to think, especially, again, when we are going through trials. Somebody know that to be true. When, when you're going through trials, when you're dealing with what Peter called fiery trials in 1 Peter 4 and 12, then a fiery trial has the capability of causing people to think strange. A fiery trial has the capability of causing you, after you have come out of prayer, to start thinking in a crazy way, even though you had a good time in prayer. But see, a fiery trial again, and most of us know it, because we had to learn how to elevate our minds when we were going through fiery trials. Because a lot of us 
If we be honest, in times past, whenever we went through fiery trials, it was almost automatic for some of us that, uh-oh, I'm about to lose control when it comes to my mind. My mind is about to be some of everywhere, and, and, and it's going to be distracted because of things that's going to be pulling on my mind because of what I'm going through. Because of what I'm seeing. See, see, don't tell me that there aren't times that what you see can play tricks on you. What you see can play tricks on you. How many would admit that? What you see will, will, will seem so real, yet when you elevate your mind, you can come to a place, listen to me carefully, where you recognize that what you don't see is more real than what you do see. In other words, you can be going through a trial that looks like it's a forever trial, but it's not a forever trial. It just looks like you're going to always be in it. But when you look at what you can't see, that being God, he's the forever one. He's the unmovable one. Come on, somebody. And so when I learn that even though I'm seeing something, and it appears like it's going to be here forever. I, I got to take my mind off of what I'm seeing and put my mind on a God that I can't see. Watch this, but I can see his promises. I said I can see his promises. That's the reason from time to time when I'm going through fiery trial, I will purposely take my mind off of what I'm seeing in the natural, and then I will purposely put my eyes upon God's word. I said I'll purposely put my eyes upon the word. Do you hear me? Even sometimes scriptures that I can quote, I won't quote them. I'll get my Bible because I want to put my eyes on the word. I want to put my eyes on the scripture. And sometimes I'll read that one scripture several times until it gets or becomes a part of me. Not just the ability to quote it. Because if you ain't careful as a child of God, you can quote something you don't believe. Come on, I need to say that again. We can quote things that we don't believe. You can quote a scripture that you're not walking in. Come on. For we know that all things work together for the what? Good. But yet you're not looking at everything you're going through with a knowing that good coming out of this. Even though you've been quoting Romans 8 and 28. And, and have the nerve to call it. Your favorite scripture. How can it be your favorite scripture and you don't live it? Is that right? Some of you are smiling. You can have a favorite scripture, but then look at your life. You don't even live according to your favorite scripture. Yeah, we got to get even more plainer than that. You got it on a t-shirt. You got it somewhere in the house. Come on. But you don't live by it. Amen. 
I don't necessarily want it written on the wall more than I want it written in my heart, on my mind. I don't want a, a scripture tattooed on me. Not my skin. I want it tattooed on my mind. Do y'all, are y'all listening to me? Now again, he got this responsibility to tell them how to think or how to meditate. Now everybody's not qualified to tell people how to think. Everybody's not qualified to do that. Right? Don't, right? I didn't get some of you to say right. Yep. Don't think everybody qualified to teach people how to think. Pastor, what, what, why is everybody not qualified? Because some folks are in church with jacked up thinking. If you stay depressed all the time, you are not qualified to tell people how they need to think. You ain't qualified to teach folk how to think. You stay depressed too much. Come on. You up and down too much. Yeah, now you want to tell somebody how to think because you up. Come on. But if, but if you can't know how to go through difficult trials and stay happy, then you, you disqualify yourself. I better make this personal from trying to tell me how I need to think. No, trouble dominates you too much. No, you pout too much about things. You let people get you down too quick. You are not qualified. So don't try to tell me. Woo! Do it sound like I'm fussing? Because I ain't, I, I'm, I'm being, don't try to tell me how to think. And your life is not a reflection that you know how to think. Save your prophecy. Don't, don't tell me what God showed you about me if you can't believe what he showed you about yourself. That's a prophecy you can keep, sister. Well, Pastor, God showed me that he was going to do such and such. Look, look, look don't tell, I already know what God's going to do for me. I don't need you telling me what God's going to do for me. What I need you to do is pay attention for what he's going to do for you. Because my life is a product that I believe God. Oh, I didn't get me the amen. That's my life. My life is a product that I believe God. Do you hear me? I wake up every day believing him. And I've learned no matter what happens within a day, I am to believe God. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm to believe him. I'm to do whatever he tells me to do. But you got to have your mind right to do that. I said, you have to have your mind right to do that. And I thank God that some of you are not going to get upset with me who know you are not qualified to tell folk how to think. But you can be. Come on, I didn't leave you hanging. I, I, I didn't cut you and not sew you up. You can be. 
Look, John said, he didn't cut us and not sew us up. Matter of fact, God wants you to be. He wants his children in a place where they can tell others how to think. Am I right about that? Especially when you see somebody down and out. He wants you to tell them. He wants you to share with them what got you to the place you at. When folk know you going through a whole lot, yet they still see you with a big smile on your face. And they know that none of it is affecting her. See, they'll ask you, girl, how are you holding? How are you holding it together? They want to know. Some folks are nosy. But there are people who generally, they want to know, how are you? And then when you just tell them, God, the word. Am I right about it? Now listen, every thought matters. Every thought matters. From New Year's night up until now, God has been doing what he said he would do. What was that, Pastor? Working on us. Working on our. Mm -mm. Working on our. There you go. On our minds. That's right. Working on our what? Root meaning of mind is to. Is to what? So he been working on our what? Thinking. Now we February. We two months in. I pray when it comes to your mind that you are where you need to be. Come on. You're where you need to be. Which means, Pastor, when it comes to my thinking, I'm doing better. Come on. I pray some of you right now that are going through trouble. I pray that you're handling it better than how you used to. I pray that things that used to break you down. This year, things have showed up, but it did not break you down. Because when it comes to your mind or to your thinking, you are getting better. I pray Two months in, I pray you are training your mind. I pray every day you get up, you're giving your mind an assignment. But every thought matters. Let me prove it to you. Every thought matters. And those of us that are not doing better, It is because you don't understand that every thought matters. Not just the good thoughts. Not just the thoughts that are of God. Certainly they matter. This is some good teaching. But if I don't recognize that bad thoughts matter, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be like I used to be years ago. When bad thoughts came, 
I didn't deal with them. I didn't deal with them. It's like they didn't matter. I didn't care that I'm thinking like this. But later on, I would suffer the consequences for my thoughts. How, Pastor? Like being, like being depressed. Being sad. Listen, missing blessings. Not getting up doing things. Watch this, because I didn't feel like doing it. That meant my emotions were not where they needed to be. If you don't deal with bad thoughts, you're going, when it comes to the things of God, you're going to have low energy or no energy. Come on. Definitely some of you don't come to Bible study. You got low energy or no energy. You could be here. As I just don't have the strength to come on today. Come on. Thoughts. Let's deal with it. Second Corinthians. Woo. Second Corinthians. And if God is to deal with us, Second Corinthians saying, the way that he is, then listen to me. It's going to take teaching. I say it's going to take teaching. It's going to take teaching. There's no way God going to be able to deal with us the way he want to. And your mind is you want to be running, jumping, and moving, and, and dancing. all the, No. There are times God got to get us still. I, I, almost to the point where it's like a classroom setting. Right? So, so then he can go to working on our mind. Then, then he can get your, your full attention. Because now you ain't looking at so, so-and-so dancing. Man, she knows she can dance. You need to get your mind on praising God too. Amen. Now look at 2 Corinthians 10. Because I just said something important that every thought matters. Every thought matters. Y'all got to hang in here. God got to show enough. Good word for us. He's already releasing it. And it's already helping me. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Notice what Paul said. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This is why I want you to see. Bringing every thought. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, bringing every thought into captivity. See, there are thoughts that enter the mind that need to be arrested. Needs to be dealt with. Watch this right then and there. You know the problem with a lot of us? Thoughts will enter our mind. And we'll say ignorant stuff like, I'm going to pray about that later. No. You know what I learned to do? Every thought that comes into my mind that is not of God, 
Y'all better hear me. I'm going to arrest that folk right then. Right then. I can be driving. I got to put that thought on checkmate. I got to checkmate that thought. Why? It's not the right thought. It's not coming from God. It's not word based. And if you're not doing it, then you're not training your mind to deal with negative thoughts. Because they're going to come. I said they're going to come. Especially when you're going through trial. Negative thoughts are going to knock at the door. Come on. I didn't get enough amen. I should have got that. Negative thoughts are coming. But I'm wondering this morning how many of us deal with bad thoughts. Thoughts that are not of God. Immediately. Listen. And sometimes you are not in a place where you can pray out loud. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? But I still have to arrest this thought. I still got to deal with this. I said, I still got to deal. That's the wonderful thing about God. God don't just hear us verbally. But you know, you can pray inwardly. I said, you can talk to God without a word coming out of your mouth. You can cast down thoughts. And nobody hears what you binding up. Nobody hears what you are resting that entered into your mind. But you let that thought know, not here. You won't stay here. You won't build the house here. But see, what we do is allow thoughts to build a nest in our mind. Listen to me. Why do you think some of you don't feel good about yourselves the way you need to? Don't you know that's something that has to do with your mind? Some of you people can compliment you, and it won't raise your level of of feeling good about yourself. Even though that's not what you should be totally dependent on. But it's good to get confirmation sometimes. Where my sister's at? Sister, is it not good sometimes, though you know you looking good, for somebody else to confirm what you already knew? Is that not a good thing? But you check out people who battle low self-esteem, low self-worth. Those are thoughts. Those are thoughts that enter their mind telling them they're not good enough. Come on. And and that's something serious. That's something that has to be dealt with. I said something has to be dealt with. How am I going to love everybody else, but I can't love me? How am I to feel good about you and what God doing in you and through you, but yet I don't feel good about what he doing in me and through me? How can this be? Those are thoughts. Now, I'm not saying we need to get to the point to where we think more highly of ourselves, because we know that's not right, but you have to deal with thoughts that come to kill your purpose. Do you hear me? Thoughts sometimes come like snipers. Just shooting. 
fiery darts that the enemy will throw, listen, at your heart, but your heart represents your mind. And you have no shield. You're not going to deal with that. Woo! See, we have to arrest. That, that's what I'm saying to us this morning. Every thought matters. Every thought matters. If God done told you he was going to do something and a thought enters into your mind that what God said is not going to happen, deal with that. Deal with that. Now, see, I'm so good at the word that most of the time I would not only deal with it in my own way of speaking, but I'm also going to deal with it according to the word. Which means I got a scripture for that. Which means I know Bible concerning that. Any thought that tells me that God don't want me to prosper. Oh, no, I'm dealing with that. I said, I'm dealing with that. And learn to deal with it while bouncing checks. Yes, I did. While bouncing a check, I learned that I'm not going to always bounce them. There's coming a day where I write them and I write them big and they'll cash or they'll go through. I'm talking to somebody, but I had to deal with the thoughts that tried to tell me this is your life. But I said it can't be because he came. That. And have it how? And have it how? Checkmate on that thought. When you balance in your body, don't ever succumb to the ideal that you always gonna be sick. You ain't never gonna have energy to do what you desire to do. Oh no! By his stripes, I'm already. No, Peter put it already. Peter put it in past tense. Come on, Peter looked at what Isaiah said, but Peter knew he already took the strike. And so Peter said, this is passion. By whose strike we are already here. Checkmate. Come on. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, be in health. Even as your soul does prosper, check. I got to move on. Y'all ain't getting it. I said check. That's when sometimes I don't listen to music when I'm driving. Because I want to deal with these thoughts. I want to be able to pray through. I want to be able to put my mind and meditate. On the right things. Come on. Because a lot of what we listen to. That they consider gospel music. Is not even glorifying the God. Whom we serve. They playing that song in the club. And in the church. I need something that's going to arrest. These thoughts. I need something. That's going to deal with. Negativity. I know I'm right. And, 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 and church folk get tricked all the time into thinking that what I'm teaching is a pastoral thing. Well, that's for pastors. 
This is for saints. This is for all of God's church. All of us, when we start maturing in God, one of the things that suggests you are mature is your ability to deal with negative thoughts. Because if you can't deal with thoughts coming into your mind that's not of God, that means you're immature. And just like babes in the natural, we don't expect them to do everything for themselves. Am I right about that? If you're expecting a two-year-old to get up and cook, something wrong with you. Mentally, you are. Come on. You expecting a two? Why you ain't eight? He too. You ain't fixing nothing. And you better be careful because what he'll eat may hurt him. Hey, one of my grandkids eating out my flower plants. Coming with a handful. I'm like, boy, you. <laughs> and I know the flowers look good, boy, but come on. <laughs> he like it was good too. He just had to have it. Now we laughing, but part of being mature is having the ability to do what you know your father told you to do. And don't get caught up like a whole lot of folks. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm trying to do it. Why are you trying to do what God told you to do? You don't try to do what God tells you to do. You, you do it. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Why are you trying to do that? When you get mature, you do what daddy say do. Daddy told me to put it down and I put it down. Don't pray and ask God to do things that he told you to do. Come on. Come on. Look, look at Psalm 19. Are y'all hanging in here with me? Look at Psalm 19. See, just like that scripture Paul just said, and bringing every thought into captivity. See, that's some things we got to do. Lord, get this out of my mind. No, you cast it down. You arrest that thought. You deal with that thought according as I have taught you. See, that's right. we don't just come to church just to say we came. Let us not be that church who is taught well, but you use none of it. And there is a reason God is taking this much time to deal with negativity or negative thoughts. Why? Because he knows at some point all of us going to have to deal with this. But we need to know the proper way to deal with it so that you won't be happy and then all of a sudden you are depressed or you are made sad. Watch this. How many have ever been with somebody who was happy and upbeat and then all of a sudden their attitude changed? Listen, it changed to the point to where you ask the person, what's wrong? Or you just say, what's on your mind? And because they look so sad. and they You knew like something is going on. Woo! Am I bad company? No, it's not you. It's the company. 
And like it or not, thoughts can change emotions. Nothing has physically happened but a thought that you did not checkmate, that you did not arrest. Now the thought is messing with your emotions. You, because, whoo, you, you can set your mind on somebody who you angry with and you ain't 20 miles <laughs> near. They 20 miles or more away. Not even in your presence. And you ready to fight. Or you done got real upset. Why? You, you thinking about somebody that you wouldn't mind punching. Come on. You in the presence of somebody that's treating you good that day. Paying for your food. No, I, I got it. But you spent the whole dinner mad at something. Mess it up, bro. John. Spent the whole dinner mad at somebody. Watch this. Who not even there? You know, you know one thing I used to tell married couple? Don't take nobody to bed with you you ain't married to. your neighbor thoughts, thoughts. Live, live in your mind. mind. Now tell, tell your neighbor thoughts, thoughts. negative thoughts, negative. Live, live in your mind, mind. rent free, free until you, you evict them. Rent-free in the sense that they're not paying to be there. But watch this. But it's going to cost you for them being there. Who gonna, who you going to let live in your house rent-free and they tearing up your house? Who you going to let live in your rental property and they're tearing it up? And you not going to go through the necessary steps to evict them. I remember I had this one house I was renting this girl trying to be good to her. She didn't have a full month's uh, down payment and all this. And I told Donna, I said, we're going to work with her. And when I said it, Donna didn't like it. She said, you need to let me handle this part. Oh, Donna, let's just work with them. She was in there three months and ain't paid no rent. I said, you got to pay rent. Yeah, you know, I told my mama that I need to try to give y'all at least something. I said, oh, my God. I told Don, I said, you need to deal with that. She said, no, I, I told you. You told me. You said. And was tearing up the house. Listen to me. Legally speaking. This is a legal document. I just want y'all to know this binding. That's what they call it, a testament. That's what they call it, an Old Testament, a New Testament. Because this right here has a testator. You know this couldn't be enforced until the testator died. When Jesus died, we can enforce his will. This is legal. This is binding. 
Hold on, let me get back to my story. Let me, let me get back to my story. Yeah, see, see, if somebody got you in their wheel, I don't care if they show it to you, what all you going to get and what all you going to have, you can't go to the courthouse and demand that they lose the car. First thing they're going to say, when did they pass? You said, well, they still living, but I want what's on the paper. You can't get it till they die. When they die, it becomes binding. When Jesus died... Be seated. But this is what I'm saying. I had to go through the legal steps because she wouldn't just move. And, and I said to myself, okay, I, I know you. Now, I realize I know your kind. I said, I ain't finna sit up here and argue with you, but there's a legal way. I told Don, I said, I'm going to send her papers. I said, she one of them kind, ain't going to read it, ain't going to pay no attention to it, don't think it's a joke. I, when I went through the process, they wrote me an official letter. Say, you now have the legal rights to evict them. You can call the sheriff out there, he'll meet you out there. When I told the guy, I said, look, you need to be gone in a certain amount of time now. Well, I'll do, I said, look, it's over. I said, you didn't even read, I, I said, I don't went through the process. See, it's sad when negative thoughts are living in your mind rent-free and you won't go through the legal process to evict it. You have been given power to tell that thought. You're going to live in somebody's mind, but you will not live in my mind. There's a neighbor you sitting by who may let it live in their mind, but make up in your mind. Psalm 19. We in the clothes. Psalm 19. And see, this is what we have to be taught. You don't have to be sad. You're going to have to evict some thoughts to be happy. Woo, even in your old age. You ain't got to sit up getting old and mean, getting old and bitter, getting old and slow, getting old and great. How about getting old and happy? How about getting old and satisfied? How about getting old and travel? How about getting old and buy yourself things you wanted as a little girl? How about getting old and buying some boy toys? Not boy in that sense, but I should have said fun. Yeah, that's a better word, fun. See, that's one thing I'm going to do. I'm over 50. I done crossed what they call the hill. <laughs> and one thing I'm determined to do as I get older is enjoy life. If I hadn't seen it and God want me to see it, we ain't too old to see it. I'm seeing that now. God is dealing with me about stuff like that. Older people upset about getting older. Oh, it's preaching, sis. It's preaching. Psalm 19. What's wrong with him? I don't know. He might be mad because he's old. I don't know. <laughs> Just shoot it to you straight. 
But that ain't going to beat me. It's too much out here. It's, I said it's too much out here. But that's thoughts. That's thoughts. And, and, and I learned no matter how negative a thought is, sister, I learned to see God in it. Look at you. You 52. Yeah, but there's a lot of folks I know they didn't even see 52. But, but this always a killer right here. I ain't seen too many people 52 and look this good. Woo! God. I know there are days I can pass for 38. And I, I don't need y'all to co-sign. I don't need your confirmation. There are days I feel 36. That's when my dressing changes some, but it never gets sinful. But, but, but that's when I'm in one of them, you know. I went and bought me a little crossbody bag. I, man, I, it took me a minute to get used to the thing hanging on me. I like, man, I, said, I need to. Those, those are thoughts. We are laughing, but those are, those are thoughts. You can sit up and get old and dry up. Everything in life, your thing is, uh, let the young people have it. Let them do it. No. You ought to be leading the way. Come on. I'm trying to move on, but I know this is it. Some of you over 60, do you know what God telling you? that your, Even your roller coaster days may not be over. Could you imagine 65 and you standing in the roller coaster line? With a cane. <laughs> Little children just standing behind you laughing you, and you sitting up there. I'm next. <laughs> and you get up there, they mad. Say, Grandma, you sure your heart can handle this? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> you, guess, you might even get a pass through the lines. See that, and see you upset about that cane, but see that cane can get you to the front of the line. Hey, wait a minute, she can't wait. Come, come on up here. Every line you go through. And see, when they learn that's happening, guess what the grandkids gonna say when they go to the park? Hey, can we take grandmama? See, see, they know with grandmama, they don't stand in the line. They, they recognize when grandma would have, we, we, we went to the front of the line. And see, Grandma, they're going to pay for your ticket. They're going to pay for your hotel. I got to move. I got to move, y'all. Psalm 19. Now, I'm not marking getting old because I'm, I'm getting older myself. So don't, don't take that person. Psalm 1914. Woo. Mm -mm -mm. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. In your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Look what David wanted. David wanted the words of his mouth. What determines the words of your mouth? The meditation 
of your heart. He wanted the words of his mouth to be acceptable to God. He wanted the words of his mouth to be pleasing to God. He wanted the meditation of his heart, his mind, to be acceptable to God. Lord, I want you to be pleased with what I'm saying. I'm going through, but I want you to be pleased with what I'm uttering out of my mouth. Lord, I want you to look at me and be pleased with the things that I'm choosing to meditate on. That's how I want it to be. In Philippians 4, I'm only going to deal with one thing that he said. A great list, but I'm only going to deal with one. Paul says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, he basically said, meditate on these things. The antithesis of truth or true is what is false. And what equates a lie. Tell your neighbor, you can't afford to meditate on lies. Come on, you need to tell that to another neighbor. Tell neighbor, you can't afford to meditate on what's false. Come on. But in order for me not to meditate on lies, I have to have a discernment for truth. If you don't have a discernment for truth, demons will trick you and have you focusing on lies. See, some of you, God done had you go look at something. He done had you to go look at something. For some of you, he done had you to go drive something. Now thoughts are coming telling you you can't afford that. Don't meditate on that because that is a lie. Oh, I'm going to come at you. You like the way it drove. You like the way it's seating there. Only thing you've been meditating on is a payment. You keep thinking you can't pay. But God done already brought you to that place. Where you not only can take care of that, but you can. I'm talking right to somebody. And the only thing you meditate on is what's false. That's what you meditate on, what's false. Somebody shout, that has to change today. You didn't shout like you mean, tell me, that has to change today. Oh, I'm talking about refuge of Nuna. That has to change today. No more meditating on lies. No more meditating on what is false. Come on. You got to discern truth. Notice this. Psalm 40. 
He done gave us a good word. I said he had given us a good word. No more meditating on, on lies. Because I'm going to show you what's going to happen when you meditate on lies. You say, what's going to happen when you meditate on lies? And, and I'm even dealing with if somebody lying on you. Don't you focus on that? Don't you focus on what they're saying? Ooh, I said, don't you focus on what they're saying? You know them to be lies? No. No, I got better things to focus on. Oh, I know that's not true. I got something way better to focus on than that lie that they tell him. Come on. And eventually God is going to manifest that it is a lie. Yet, when your words are acceptable, when your meditation is acceptable, God will expose people. That was somebody, Rainbow. God is going to expose some people. Who meant harm to you. Come on. I said God is going to expose some people. Who did some things to hurt you. But in the midst of them doing something to hurt you. They helped you. They helped you to grow up. They helped your prayer life get stronger. They drew you closer to God. They caused God to give you a miracle. Pastor, what are you talking about? For one, I'm talking about Joseph. Look at all that his brothers did. By the time his brothers knew him and who he was in Egypt, after throwing him in a hole, which caused him to go and be a slave, in the slave owner's house, he gets almost raped and lied on, thrown in the prison, in prison he's forgotten about. I'm trying to close it. But if you don't know what to meditate on, and then you put my brothers in front of me, and I got the power to kill them, they did. Sooner they see me, I said, oh, y'all dead, dead. How many of y'all are dead, 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 dead? Oh, and you should show enough dead. Really dead. I'm talking about dead, dead. That's all we got in us. And see, somebody go through things and all we got in us is anger and bitterness. But he told you last week, walk in favor, walk in forgiveness. You can't walk in favor and forgiveness and you meditate on lies. When you meditate on lies, it calls you not to want to forgive. But when Joseph saw his brothers, you knew he had been meditating on something good, something praiseworthy. Because this is what he told them. You meant it for evil. But God meant it. Joseph, you see, you saw God in all that? You saw God in the hole. You saw God in the prison. What determines if I see God? My thoughts. Where are we at? Because I got to go. Did I give you the scripture? Psalm 40 and 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And does not respect the proud. This is what I want you to see. Nor such as turn 
aside to lies. Tell somebody, if you start meditating on lies, you'll turn aside to them. Listen to me. You'll start walking in a lie. You're walking in a lie. You're living a lie. Because that's what you're choosing to meditate on. It's not over for you, but you believe the lie that it was, and so you're walking according to the lie you've turned aside to. And this is the reason Paul had to tell the Philippian church what to think on. In my final thought, anytime God is going to take people to a higher level, he will always require a higher level of thinking. And see, in my prayer, God said, I desire to take the church, the saints, to a higher level. Y'all know this came out in Bible study. But in order to go there, my thinking has to elevate. Listen. When God desired to take Gideon and Israel higher, when the angel showed up, Gideon had to elevate his mind. Come on. Israel and Gideon was living in dens and caves hiding from the enemy. Are y'all hearing me? But what was it? One of the first things the angel said to Gideon. Hail thou mighty man of valor. Gideon didn't understand it at first because he knew how they were living. Don't you know God will speak to you in a futuristic voice? God was calling what wasn't as though it He called him mighty while he was hiding. There are some things you can never believe about yourself until your mind elevates. Then you can see yourself as God sees you. Listen, and then you're not scared of the payment. And then you're not afraid of people. Am I right? But see, Gideon had to elevate his mind. You know what Gideon told the angel? He said, my family is the poorest in Manasseh. And then he said this. He wasn't even through putting himself down. He said, and I am the lowest in my family. Gideon. I want to take you higher. You got to elevate your mind. Tell your neighbor this morning message. God ain't talking about where you come from. He's talking about where he's taking you to. Come on. Because for some of you, when you elevate your mind, listen, you're going to be the first one in your family to do certain things. 
Your family ain't even going to know how to relate to you because you done elevated your mind and you're going to be one of the first ones. Some of us going to be one of the first ones in our family that's totally debt free. Nobody else in the family. But shout to your neighbor, how you going to get there? And you see yourself as poor. You have to see yourself rich before you're dressing rich. Before you're driving rich. Before you're living rich. Before you're eating rich. Come on. You got to. But you got to elevate your mind. God going to bring some of you in the corporate America. He's ushering some of you into rooms with people who have power and authority. And God don't want you to go in there with your head down. He wants you to know who you are in the room. Because he's going to cause, this prophecy is going to come to pass for somebody. You're going to be in a room with a whole lot of important people. And you ain't going to be trying to overstep yourself. But they're going to let you know this right here. We brought you in the room to hear your ideals. And then you're going to know this is God. We want to know what you think. Finally, <laughs> finally, brother Hart, he had to elevate his mind to see what God could do through him. Because tell your neighbor, one of the main tests, when God gets ready to elevate you, Sometimes he takes from you. Come on, I said, sometimes he'll, he'll allow something. That's why you say that. Because remember, when Gideon had 32,000, come on, it was God that showed up and said, hey, you got too many. Because if I do it now, Gideon, you're going to think that your army did it. So whoever's scared can go home. 22,000 left. Gideon said, well, I still got a big child number. God said, no, you don't take them down by the river. And I'm going to put them to the test. And after that, he was left with 300. Then God said, with the 300, I'm going to give you the victory. Somebody is about to get the victory with less than what you thought you needed. You've been focusing on needing 40,000, but you're going to get the victory. Leaving your 40,000 where is it? Or not even having 10,000. But your mind. Now I know the message was long. It had to be long. 
But how could Gideon rise above all of that, do all of that, Deacon Johnson, without his mind being elevated? Because it's in that moment when people walk off, when you don't have what you think you need, that's when God looks at you. Don't you know God will send you to a car lot and you think in one price and when you get there, they say, well, the price then went up. What the world? If God with me, why the price going up? So you shouldn't be worried about that. Elevate your mind. What you want to know from God is, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Is this the one? Elevate your mind. Less go higher. Amen. I'm done. Let's give him a praise for the soul. Hallelujah. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.